For 25 years, we have been Indiana's business news leader. This is IBJ Media's Inside Indiana Business with Gary Dick. Presented by Elevate Ventures and Indiana University. When you think about this field of dreams, so to speak, this ag bioscience sector, it's all happening right in the heart of the heartland and right in Boone County, Indiana. Growth, investment, jobs. It all goes beyond Boone County. Next, a deep dive into how Indiana is scoring on the economic playing field, from ag bioscience to electric vehicles to clean energy. Hello and welcome to Inside Indiana Business. I'm Gary Dick. Well, believe it or not, we are at the midpoint of 2023, six months down, six to go. So how is the Indiana economy faring in 2023? A quick snapshot shows the state's unemployment rate in May stood at 3.1%. Not much of a change from a non-adjusted 2.9% one year ago. Inflation a year ago was averaging 8.4% year over year. It's now down substantially to 2.9%, perhaps easing concerns of more Fed rate cuts and the potential for recession. Meantime, coming off a record 2022, economic development numbers for the first half of the year show $7.6 billion in capital investment from companies looking to expand or locate in Indiana. Those companies committing to more than 10,000 jobs. What grades would the Indiana economy get on a mid-year report card? We've put together an all-star panel to help uh, with the grading throughout the show this week. And I'm pleased to be joined on the show by Winston Terrell Group Principal Robin Winston. Also, Vox Global Managing Director Mike Marker. And Ball State Director of the Center for Business and Economic Research, Mike Kicks. And gentlemen, welcome to the program. Thank you. We're halfway through uh, 2023. Doesn't seem like it, but, uh, but here we are. Mike, I'll start with you. You'll get all your thoughts to kind of tee things up. How is the Indiana economy, in your view, where things stand now, how is it performing? Oh, solid B. I mean, we've, since the end of COVID, we've outperformed the nation. At least the first two years, 2021, uh, did very well relative to the nation. GDP growth, unemployment rates dropped more quickly. GDP uh, in manufacturing in particular really bounced back. So we've done well in that. A little bit softer in the last year as the manufacturing recovery has sort of eased a bit. Uh, but if you look at where we are now, historically low unemployment rates, inflation getting back down to target area, good time to be uh, in business in Indiana yeah. or working in Indiana. Yeah. Robin, what's your take? I think that we're doing very, very well. We're investing in human capital more and more. You hear more things about colleges and universities tweaking their, their programs to provide opportunities. People that are in the building trades are going to Ivy Tech to get applied, applied degrees. You're getting more and more people, Northwest for example, students up at Purdue Northwest, getting ready to go into the medical trade. So what I like about the economy is the numbers are low, but we're preparing people to go into future mm. jobs. Yeah, that talent pipeline important. Mike? Uh, I think it's a tale of two stories. Mm -hmm. uh, I think from a jobs and investment and a pipeline perspective, uh, we're in really good shape. Uh, I think from an everyday Hoosier and how the economy is working for them, uh, we have some room to do better. I mean, mm -hmm. we, uh, in terms of wages, almost every county around the state is below the national mm -hmm. average uh, on earning power. Uh, when you look at our gasoline tax, for example, hitting everyday pocketbooks, we're third in the country in total tax on mm -hmm. gasoline. Affordable housing is a challenge. So 
uh, well, we're making a lot of gains, and they're really good ones. I think uh, not everybody's benefiting just yet. Yeah, yeah, you're good point. Good points there. Uh, and you talk about the pipeline, the economic development pipeline. Indiana has landed some really big deals. One of them from one of the marquee companies here in the state, Eli Lilly and Company. This is the largest manufacturing investment at a single location in Lilly's 147-year history. That's Lilly CEO Dave Ricks at the announcement, $3.7 billion investment in Lebanon. But uh, I know we've got some video of a number of these projects, GM, Samsung, SDI, and New Carlisle, $3.5 billion. Stellantis, Samsung, SDI, and Kokomo, $2.5 billion. Skywater, the big uh, semiconductor plant in West Lafayette. So those are a lot of wins. If they all come to fruition, we all hope they will, uh, a lot of jobs and investment. Yeah, a lot of big wins for a lot of different geographies uh, across the state. I mean, as Dave Rick said, the largest investment for them in a single site anywhere in the history. That's mm -hmm. huge. It's going to be really powerful for Lebanon and rural Boone County and, and, and other areas as well. And when you look at GM and Honda and others mm -hmm. who invested significantly in the state already, as they continue to invest, and expand and bring on new lines of business. It's, it's really good news for Hoosier workers. Mike, what is your take on these wins? You know, last year, from a numbers perspective, the IEDC, Indiana Economic Development Corporation, set a record year. But now, over and over, some of these projects are really big. Does that say make a statement about the competitiveness of Indiana, in your view? Well, it certainly does in that sector. So we have always done well in the very capital-intensive industries. And the problem for us is not that we're not getting these, is that they don't generally translate into a lot of jobs. They translate into a few really great jobs. You know, I would expect some of these Lebanon programs to be, you know, $100,000, $130,000 a year employment for a number of workers. Uh, but they're not replacing the lost jobs in manufacturing elsewhere. So that we really need to be looking at other mm -hmm. sectors as well, oftentimes to complement that. So the R&D industries that would yeah. provide the work that mm -hmm. these are going to manufacture, I think, are the future for our state. Yeah. Uh, Robin, Mike mentioned wages. It continues to be a challenge here in the state. And you talk about training around the right. state and how universities and others are getting engaged. How comfortable do you are you that Indiana has really got their arms around this whole uh, talent uh, development issue, if you will, the talent pipeline? I'm not sure that we have our arms all the way around it, but I want to go back to one point. Uh, remember, our president is the one that said we wanted semiconductors built in America to get away from the supply chain issues, get away from the national defense issues. A lot of the things that we're talking about in Indiana are the result of that effort and the major investments by the federal government in, in these things. As it relates to our talent pipeline, we have to, I'm glad that we did the thing with 21st century scholars, getting more and more of those kids to fill that out whenever they're in the program. Let's get our pipeline going to our colleges, our universities, so that we can have outstanding talent for these jobs. All right. Good way to kick off this uh, report card, mid-year report card on the Indiana economy. More on the economy transition that is happening in Indi Indiana a bit later in the show. But coming up next... Economic development, investment, and jobs being spread around the state of Indiana. Is it happening? Is it benefiting the entire state? Some answers when we return. Hi, Gary, and the Inside Indiana Business team. I just want to congratulate you all, and especially you, for 25 years of uh, wonderful success. Um, I think it just proves that you can do positive things in this world, and it not only builds what you're working on, but it has this multiplier effect. And um, want to just uh, tell you how valuable uh, what you have done is to all of us in every corner of the state. Um, you brought us all together and started conversations I don't think we would have had um, 
uh, without you being at the center of it. And it's led to so many uh, great strategic accomplishments at the state of Indiana. Um, I hope you have another 25 years and more. I uh, consider you um, a dear friend and uh, just very happy uh, for you and your team today. Congratulations, Gary. At PNC Bank, we're committed to making a difference in the lives of our customers and communities by helping them move forward financially. As a Main Street Bank, we try to do right by our customers with every encounter. Our local teams offer personalized financial advice to help guide you in making the best decision. We're proud to be part of your community. PNC Bank. See how we can make a difference for you at PNC.com. Copyright 2022, the PNC Financial Services Group, Bank. All rights reserved. But there's organic growth that the IEDC doesn't touch that is not included in our $30 billion in the last six quarters. But 50% of, of, the, the, of the work that IDC, the investment the IDC is, is uh, involved with is landing in rural or mixed rural areas. So this is, this is not just big city uh, growth. This is, this is rising tides lifting all boats all over the state of Indiana. Welcome back to a special edition of Inside Indiana Business as we put together a mid-year report card on the Indiana economy. And, and Mike, Secretary of Commerce Brad Chambers, they're talking about regional economic development, rural areas uh, getting on board. Is, in your view, is that happening? I mean, for a long time, I would get the feedback from smaller communities. Hey, what about us? We're, we're not participating. Well, I did a study in 2012 of IDC. They're really doing a good job of trying to spread investment, job growth around the state. The challenge is that all urban, uh, this has been an all urban economy for 20 years, 30 years here in Indiana. 100% of job growth has occurred in Indianapolis metro area. But that contains some areas that look pretty rural, Lebanon and elsewhere. Indiana has an advantage of being a very compact state, so you can access those jobs from lots of other places. But I do think IDC is beginning to try to get more activity in the, the fringes. And I think naturally it's happening as well. Um, we're still stuck in a place where two, two Indiana's, the urban growth and the rural stagnation. And that is something that's really got to change, I think, yeah. in the long run for health of the economy. Robin, we took our show to Richmond and Wayne County a few months ago. I think that's a good example maybe of a region that hasn't seen a lot of success over the last couple of decades, really beginning to cash in now with uh, pet food manufacturing and those types of multiple investments there. Yeah, you got Blue Diamond and Hill there. Mm -hmm. I mean, Valerie does an outstanding job. Um, she's telling me that people come as far away from Trotwood, Ohio, over to, to work there, Modoc in, in, in uh, Randolph County and other places. So it's a regional, you're exactly right, doctor, because people are able to get there fairly easily. We are the crossroads of Indiana, but we're also the crossroads for economic development and job growth. One thing I'd say, Gary, that I've seen happen over the last 20 some years is the professionalism of the local economic development mm -hmm. officers. Mm -hmm. yeah. That has increased tremendously. That used to be where, oh, I don't know where we put this guy, and they'd be over there. Now you've got professionals that understand bonding, understand incentives, and that is, I think is helped too. Yeah, on the other side of I-70, uh, Mike, on the uh, on the west side of I-70, Terre Haute, yeah. another example. Uh, Intech, big uh, investment uh, there, over a billion dollars, uh, an electric vehicle component uh, facility. And that's, we took the show over there uh, a couple of months ago. There seems to be some momentum building there. Yeah, it's great news for Terre Haute in that region. Mm -hmm. A lot of EV growth happening around the country if all these deals, around the state if all these deals come mm -hmm. through, which is really encouraging. You know, we're talking a lot about winds and pipeline, uh, but also IEDC and Connexus and the governor's workforce cabinet 
have really been pushing the manufacturing readiness grants. That's a very popular program. So you have existing advanced manufacturing logistics companies who are able to tap into those resources to up their game in smart technology. Uh, the legislature just put more money into that. Mm -hmm. uh, so kudos to Connexus and the crew on, on getting that accomplished because that impacts rural folks as well. And I think the other thing too on the Connexus side is as we look at skilled workers, and I agree with what Robin's comment earlier about our skilled workforce and, and we're good, but we can do better. Um, they have a great tool called Make and Move where Hoosier workers and others can take a look at it and see where they sync up. What training do they need? Where might they fit in this new, uh, in these new pipeline jobs at the advanced manufacturing? You logistics? think that that need, that workforce need, especially acute in those those rural areas. Uh, you know, you go to the metro areas and the educational attainment and things like that may be a bit better. Is it more challenging, maybe, in some of the rural? Areas? I, I think it's challenging. The good news is, is uh, most of these jobs are only a short drive away if they're right, right not in your in your market. Um, but yeah, I mean, with the unemployment rate being as low as it is and workers still continuing uh, to, to stay out of uh, the workforce for, for whatever their reasons are, uh, employers are challenged still for sure. Well, the new economy transition, it is happening. Uh, is Indiana taking part? Everything from electric vehicles to uh, solar, alternative energy, and microelectronics. We'll take a look at that, how Indiana is stacking up in that uh, area when we return. This hardtech corridor will be economic engine for growing economic vibra uh, uh, prosperity and a vibrant job creating corridor. So it's the corridor for jobs, it's the corridor for innovation, it's the corridor for workforce and talents. We are uh, moving ahead aggressively to address all the wonderful things that are going to be happening at IU Indianapolis. Uh, really focusing on growing the science tech corridor where we'll both be uh, training the workforce that we need, as well as really ramping up research and discovery. The presidents of IU and Purdue weighing in on what will be Indiana and Purdue universities here in Indianapolis as IUPUI goes away. Uh, as we begin our, our final segment, talking about the new economy, uh, solar, electric vehicles, microelectronics. Uh, the presidents of IU and Purdue think those universities in Indianapolis will be a big part of that future growth. Mike, your take on that? No, absolutely. I mean, uh, Purdue in particular is one of the R&D leaders globally. Mm -hmm. um, and in these sectors, those create a lot of jobs. Uh, they are also producing human capital, and which is really the growth engine. The bachelor's degree and higher degree mm -hmm. is the growth engine of this modern economy that they both talked about. And so those and other state universities, importantly Ball State and Indiana State, are going to play a big role in this, both geographically in those areas where the spillovers will occur and statewide in producing mm -hmm. this talent. Looking at a big, the largest solar farm in the country in northwest Indiana, there, we'll talk about that in a moment, but uh, Robin, the uh, Leap Innovation District, another big story in the first half of the year in Lebanon, big development. Lily, we saw Dave uh, Ricks earlier in the show talking about uh, the big investment there. That investment, a potential $50 billion microelectronics plant that Indiana is apparently one of two Midwest states in the running for it, is that going to transform that LEAP district, in your view, be transformative? Oh, my gosh, yeah. Everything from, from Zionsville, Lebanon, uh, all the way to Thorntown and places like that is going to change 
because of this. Coming down the 65 spine is going to change. The good thing about having Brad Chambers there, his background in Buckingham, I hope will permeate and he'll talk about housing needed for these workers. Mm -hmm. Because devoid of that, you're going to have people making a long transition up the road to jobs. Hopefully they'll want to do that. Yeah. But I think that definitely makes a difference. The last area is just a pure natural resources. Getting enough water to mm -hmm. that plant is something that's got to be a regional water study of what we're doing for our natural resources. Yeah, you mentioned housing, huge issue uh, all over the state of Indiana. Uh, Mike, you talk about alternative energy, the Indiana Economic Development Corporation putting a big focus. Mammoth Solar, that facility up in northwest Indiana, largest uh, in the country. Hydrogen is a big push. The potential for a hydrogen hub in northwest Indiana. BP investing, I think, $4 billion up there. Can Indiana be a player in the, uh, the energy movement, in your view? Indiana has to be a player. Mm -hmm. When you look at these uh, jobs and the investments and the size and scope we're talking about, which are going to require not just massive amounts of water, as Robin notes, uh, but, but power as well. Mm -hmm. And so uh, by no means is solar and hydrogen going to be the solution in that, but it's going to be an important part of the mix. Mm -hmm. uh, so that, that's really important. And I also would piggyback on what Dr. Hicks was saying about the importance of research. And when you look at that corridor, not just the 65 corridor, but you look at I-69 getting completed from Bloomington mm -hmm. to Indianapolis, and you look at the powerhouse research and innovation that comes out of IU, both in Bloomington and with a new leader in research mm -hmm. with IU Indianapolis, um, I think we're moving in positive directions along that whole stretch mm -hmm. that we're talking about in, in, in kind of the deliverables for, for the state yep. and our economy. Uh, Mike, give you the final word. Uh, Mike Marker talks about I-69, takes you down to Crane and uh, the amazing things going on there from a research technology standpoint. I think that area there, very rural, but it has one of the highest populations of STEM workers during the week. Uh, how big is Crane potentially in Indiana's economic future? You know, very large. Uh, national security demands aren't going away. Crane has been selected by the Navy to stick around to provide those R&D. So really the, the important part here is that communities to take advantage of this R&D have to be places that, as Robin said, people want to live and can live that they have the resources for them to build a life, not just housing, but good schools. Mm -hmm. That's really how you take advantage of the R&D that's gonna happen at IU, Bloomington, Ball State, regardless of whether or not the communities are ready to take advantage of it. All right, next segment, we'll have you guys give your letter grade for the Indiana economy. And that's when we come back. We'll also get you caught up on business news, making headlines around the state. Stay with us. Here's what's making news around Indiana, brought to you by the Indiana Association of Realtors, Indiana's 21,000 realtors, the neighbors you know, the experts you can count on. Well, Purdue researchers playing a big role in protecting uh, United States security. Around Indiana reporter Mary Rachel Redmond now with more. Mary Rachel. Well, Gary, is it a drone, a bird, or a threat? Purdue partnering with Saab to study what's known as battle space situational awareness. Purdue researchers will use artificial intelligence that automatically detects threats in complex military environments. One of the first applications could be applied to naval unmanned surface vessels. A well-known Southern Indiana business leader making a big move. Wendy Danchessa resigning as CEO of One Southern Indiana for a management position with the River Ridge Development Authority in Jeffersonville. Bungie North America expanding its footprint in Shelby County. The grain and soybean manufacturer beginning a $445 million construction project to expand its processing plant in Morristown. 
In Greenfield, Tennessee-based Tell opening a multi-million dollar fleet maintenance facility, the deal creating 30 new jobs. There was a time that we were glue and we worked together and we did things together. Diane Rogers staying put in her southeast side Oxford neighborhood in Fort Wayne. One of the city's public health providers launching a $20 million capital campaign to build a new health center in the area. Evansville-based Old National Bank getting into a groove in Motown. The bank opening its first metro branch in Detroit. I give you the number one ranked eater in the world. Joey Chestnut! And the king of competitive eating, Joey Chestnut, winning his eighth straight Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest July 4th. Joey calls Westfield, Indiana home now. Says he fell in love with the state after taking part in shrimp and sauce eating contests at St. Elmo's. Every time I'd come to Indiana, I'd, I'd end up staying a little bit longer and just have a good time. And it was, uh, it just felt natural. You can check out Joey Chestnut and our more than 125 podcasts at InsideIndianaBusiness.com. Joey Chestnut, a proud Hoosier. Gotta love it. Gary, back to you. All right, Mary Rachel, thank you. Well, as we wrap up this special economic report card edition of Inside Indiana Business, I want to give each of our uh, panelists the chance to give the state's economy uh, a letter grade midway through 2023. Also a prediction, maybe, of what we might expect in the second half of the year. Mike Hicks, I'll start with you. Letter grade for the Indiana economy, first half of the year, and the big story maybe next half. So U.S. economy a B minus, Indiana economy B, maybe B plus. Um, and I think the big story we're going to face the rest of the year is that we're probably going to dodge a recession, which will be the first time we really get this soft landing after such a big spike of inflation. So if we're down 2% inflation by year's end, I think we're in pretty good growth territory for next year as good. well. Good. You're pretty optimistic. Robin, your, your letter grade and, and prediction for the second half. My letter grade is an A minus thanks to the help of instructional assistant Joseph Robinette Biden, who helped out that student <laughs> called the Indiana Economy get to an A minus. Uh, my, my predictions are that there will be a 26th year of an outstanding show being broadcast around the state for people to watch on business and economic development, and that one of the two principals of the White House, president or vice president, will come to our state. They're in South Carolina today. They um, went to Georgia, not exactly big blue states. Right. Yep. So I think that uh, you'll see that. I appreciate that. I did not pay Robin no. to say that, but thank you. <laughs> thank you. Mike, uh, letter grade and a prediction. Uh, I'll give two grades. One, yeah. uh, which is for employers and the wins and the investment pipeline that we're talking about. And I, I give a, a solid B there. Maybe higher if it all comes to fruition, which is always the big open question. Uh, so I think our economy is working well. And I think Governor Holcomb's right when he says we're the envy of the nation in many ways when it comes to tax climate and different mm -hmm. things for employers. I think it's a different story, uh, and I'd give a C, maybe even a C minus, for how the economy is working for everyday Hoosiers. Mm -hmm. I think the legislature had a chance to cap health care costs in the session. They didn't do that. Um, health care costs are really large. Mm -hmm. Affordable housing is, is very much a crisis in many of our communities. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's a challenge in our earning power. Wages still remain low in many of our counties, most of our counties. Yeah. So. Uh, a work in progress, but a lot of good news. Great perspective, uh, one and all. Mike Marker, Mike Hicks, Robin Winston, thanks for joining us. And again, for your perspective. That's all the time we have for this edition of Inside Indiana Business. Really appreciate you joining us. I'm Gary Dick. Go out and make it a successful week. Thank you for listening to the Inside Indiana Business television podcast. Remember, you can get the latest business news from every corner of the state at InsideIndianaBusiness.com. 
I'm Gary Dick. Go out and make it a successful week.